The following program contains references to making it rain. The ABC does not explicitly endorse holding a fat stack of money and throwing it into the air while saying, make it rain, bitch. Any such behaviour should be done at your own risk. The financial information in this podcast is general advice only. For advice that relates to your own financial situation, see the experts. Side hustles are so hot right now. It feels like these days everyone has one. Everyone's an entrepreneur. Everybody's hustling. Hustle, 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 And if all the girl bosses have a side hustle, I'm going to get me a side hustle. OK, sewing machine on. Let's put the pedal to the metal. Oh, my God, I jammed it already. I'm Claire Hooper and this is The Pineapple Project, the podcast that makes you better at money. So I've been thinking, now that we know how to save money, it's time we earned some more. A quick Google will tell you there are three ways to earn more. Sell some stuff from around the house. This fridge is heavy. Earn more where you already work. You're entitled to say, I think my labour is worth more money. (laughs) That sounds awkward. We'll come back to that. Or find another way to make money. Side hustle. Side hustle. Side hustle. That's better. If you're thinking, oh, man, I've got a hobby I could turn into a business or I had this business idea in a dream once, then you know what? I've thought that too. Heaps of times. But is a side hustle really worth it? Emma Isaacs is an absolute boss. She's the founder and CEO of Business Chicks. She's seen a thousand ideas flourish and fail. Emma was around before the words side hustle even existed, back in the days before the internet, when it was just called working a second job. And she says it's never been a better time to get a bit on the side. The cost of entry to get into a side hustle these days is really, really low. You can create a website really cheaply and really quickly. You don't necessarily need an office or any other infrastructure. Um, There's so many different marketplaces that you can sell through. There's social media. So it's it's never been a better time to, you know, either consider or jump into having a side hustle. But like with most things in in life, it's not always fun. It takes a whole heap of hard work and a huge amount of effort. Um, And if you are expecting to make money from it, you're going to have to be prepared to, you know, cancel your Netflix subscription and stop seeing your friends as much on the weekends and really, um, you know, give it a, a great shot. What do you think is the biggest mistake people make? Yeah, I think the biggest mistake people make when they're considering a side hustle is that it's going to be easy and it's going to be fun. Um, you really have to apply yourself. You have to research. You have to understand the market you're getting into and you have to, um, you know, be persistent, I suppose, with your efforts. So I think people see a lot of people being too successful too easily and they think it's going to be easy for them as well. But it really does take a whole heap of effort and, and focus. They spend too much money trying to get it off the ground. So they think they need the best name, they think they need the best logo, they, need, they think they need the best business cards and all those things don't don't matter at all. So you really don't need to drop a lot of money if you're considering a side hustle. Just give a few things a shot and see how it turns out for you. Do, does a side hustle have to be a business? 
there's a billion different ways to um, you know start a side hustle. It doesn't have to be a bona fide business. You could um, tap into the sharing economy and you know like the peer-to-peer commerce sites like Airbnb and Uber. You don't necessarily have to set up a business to do those sort of things. But there's ways to do it. I mean, there's all these different sites out there like Airtasker and Upwork where you can register your skills and um, you know that's that's a version of a side hustle. It doesn't mean creating a business. It's just a matter of how to use your time outside of your nine to five work to generate more income and earn a bit more cash on the side. I had a friend who cleaned houses on at nighttime on the weekend until she was able to afford her first property and she did beautifully from that. You know, and what I love about that story is she had to leave her ego at the door and she wasn't embarrassed about it and she reached her goal and then she ended her side hustle but it got her to where she wanted to be. Um, but yeah, there are a million different ways and anyone just needs to jump online and Google the different options to come up with, you know, a good, I reckon five to 10 that every single person could have a go at and do well from. Um, I've got a crafty idea that I'd really like to do, which is making um, hilarious merchandise for babies. I want to make funny bibs. And <laughs> yeah. um, can you help me with a business plan? Like, is this, am, am I talking about a side hustle? Is this something I could make money out of? Well, you don't know until you try, right? But I'd suggest you go on to Etsy and set yourself up a little store and, um, you know, don't over-manufacture. So make yourself 20 of them or so and, and see if anyone's interested in buying them. I mean, that's a perfect example of a side hustle that may completely fall on its face, but you're never going to know until you give it a try. And who knows, it might well become, you know, a, a raging success. So go for it, I'd say. Okay. So I have my idea, where should I start? Well, I think you need to test it with a few friends. So ask around in the demographic that you're trying to sell to and I'm thinking about your your example here. So talk to people in that demographic and do your research. Ask them if they would buy the product. It's no good asking if they like it. You know, what you're trying to do is, is sell a product. So would they buy it? Um, then you need to go and set up a little, a little store online, whether it's Amazon, with Amazon coming into Australia, there's huge opportunities there to do that or on eBay or on Etsy and, um, you know, keep your fingers and toes crossed and, and see how it goes for you. Emma says to test the market, I'm going to call a few friends and see what they really think. Hello, Liz speaking. I'm thinking of starting up a side business selling baby bibs, like a real kind of like future CEO vibe. Oh, okay, like boss baby butt vibe. Yeah, I, would- think, I think the slogan bits would be a seller because you get the ones in some stores that are just really naff. So you're not going to buy Believe in Your Dreams, is that what you're saying? I'll, I'll put that one in the bin. Yeah, and, and the worst ones are like the daddy's little princess, mummy's mm-hmm. little helper. I just hate those ones. I think that's what I'm going to be up against is that people will be like, what a great idea for a little boy. And I'm like, no, I want these little girls to be like, yeah, feed me the pineapples, mate. Yeah, I agree. I would definitely buy that 100%. Hello, Lucy speaking. Hey, Goose bibs with dumb slogans on them for babies, like feed me pineapples with dollar signs and um, one that just says major shareholder. And then I'm making one that looks like a boss, like a CEO button up shirt and a tie just on a bib. I think there's a market for it, but it'd be, I don't know, I feel like it'd be more my corporate type friends who'd get the joke rather than my crafty arty friends. Would you pay up to 20 bucks for a bib that's funny? How good's the craftsmanship? It's really good craftsmanship. <laughs> Hello, Cal here. 
I want to know if you think this idea's got legs, selling baby bibs with funny slogans on them. I am making them like I'm handicrafting them so they'll be really sweet quality. Yep, I like that because I think anything that's got a funny slogan on it that makes you feel better when you're feeding goop to your baby is good. Like, Also, it's a good present for aunties to give. You know, like it's a... Like you might not buy it for yourself, but it's a good present for people that don't have kids to give you. I, I don't reckon it's going to make you rich, but like I feel that like this is a supplement thing. It's not a Claire Hooper baby bib tycoon. Yes, you're absolutely right. Okay, do you think I should call the business Claire Hooper bib tycoon? It's pretty funny, but I feel like I'm, I'm sure um, I'm sure there's like a pun on bib that you can use. Like I'm sure there's like it's business time or something. You know, mm. like okay, that it's that. Bibness time. <laughs> and also that will be one of the bibs. Yeah. We'll say bibness time. Yeah. And you are not getting a cut of the profits, Cal. What the hell? Just shut that idea down uh, right now. Typical entrepreneur. No, that's it. You're banned from barbecues now. <laughs> that is it. The other thing Emma says is to talk to people who are doing it and steal their advice. Like Bianca. I'm a mum of three kids and I run a business selling designer secondhand clothes online. I was really in a position where I didn't have a choice but to contribute to the finances in our family and I was looking for something that I could do around my kids who need a lot of driving places and being teenagers also, you know, lots of working through issues. And I guess for our family, one of the big challenges too was that my husband's a shift worker. His hours are quite changeable and they do span all, all hours of the week um, at any, any given time. So I was looking for flexible options really. I've always dabbled in eBay, so, you know, my own wardrobe is secondhand and often off eBay and, you know, I've often found things around the house and I've gone, I'm going to put those on eBay and make a bit of extra cash. But I guess just when I seriously started doing it and and operating, I guess, more as a business was about three years ago. When I started it, I don't think I actually had a conscious thought process that went like this, but when I look back, I realised that what I ended up doing was what I enjoy. I love op shopping and, and finding bargains, basically, if you want to put a gen, more general kind of term to it. I, I've always been a bargain hunter. I think the other thing about recycling clothing for me is that it's um, I, I love the environmental aspect of that as well. I, I love it when I don't have to buy something new, but I can kind of give new life to something old. Um, How many hours a week do you work and do you feel like it works out to pay you what a normal job would pay you? Yeah, it hasn't and probably until about the last six months. Um, so I guess like with any business, to start off with, it's it's a lot of hard slog and you're sort of in the back of your mind going, I don't even know if this is viable. I'm not really getting paid enough to do this. But I think, yes, it's you know not a really high paying job, but I think I've got to the point where I've gone, well, this is worth it, given the other advantages of it as well that it gives me freedom and flexibility. When do you work? When your kids are at school? When they're asleep? What are you, when are you doing it? Yeah, mostly when they're at school. But, for example, in the school holidays, that's, you know, it's not always possible. So I sometimes enlist help from others to yeah. look after them at those times. They get used to just dragging me, dragging them around, although they do not like op shopping. So that's a challenge because... You haven't, you haven't sold, <laughs> sold have them on it? I have not managed to sell them on it, but I'm, I'm hoping the seeds are there. And then when they get through their teenage years and, you know, wanting to be quite specific about what they wear, that they'll actually realise. 
I have found them some pretty good things in op shops and I hope they'll remember that. I found my sporty 13-year-old a pair of really new skins in an op shop once for $4. <laughs> he so was blown, quite clothes, blown those, away, yeah, yeah, those those compression Who's tights. putting skins in the op shop? And he'd been nagging me for some and I'm yep. like, they're too expensive. Hopefully he will remember that. What other tips are there when it comes to eBay? What have you had to learn? Presentation is important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I think I've got a bit better at that as I've gone along as well. Um, I use a really good quality camera, like an SLR camera. I think a lot of the new smartphones probably have a pretty good camera too, but I don't have a really new smartphone, so I use the SLR and that means you've got a flash as well um, to get the lighting right and things like that. So... Um, I do that. And then also just providing a lot of detail in the listings. So if it's clothing, which with me it is, providing the measurements is a really important thing. How much Um, do you make from it? (laughs) That was one of the questions I didn't necessarily want to answer. Great. No, that's fine. But um, Give give me an idea. Is it it covering covering a chunk of the household budget? Is it covering groceries? What's it? Yeah. So it was... It would be enough to cover our mortgage. What do you wish you knew when you started out three years ago? That's a really good question. And I think I did this, but not in a conscious way. Start with your interests and your passions. So I think it'll be hard to persevere through the hard early years and in the long term if you're not enjoying what you're doing. Think about One, the benefits for your family, but two, the possible downside if you're working from home. You know, how is this going to really fit with family life? Do I have space in my home? Is it going to end up taking over? Because then it's counterproductive. I've got a phone. I'm one step ahead of Bianca. I'm going to take this business to the world wide web. Okay, open your Etsy shop. All right, tell us about you and your shop. Name your shop. Claire Hooper's. Bibness time. Oh, it's too long. Bibness time. It's available. Okay. Photos. Add as many as you can so buyers can see every detail. One of the bib, one of the knot, and one of the velour backing. This is taking ages. I feel like Jerry Harvey has someone to do this for him. Okay, save and continue. Oh, she's beautiful. Category. Clothing? Craft? Is a bib clothing? I didn't realise there'd be so many deep psychological questions. Okay, category. Clothing, drop down. Unisex kids clothing, drop down. Unisex baby clothing. And it's bloomers, diaper covers, underwear, bodysuits, clothing sets, costumes, hoodies, sweatshirts, pyjamas and robes, pants, socks, leg warmers, sweaters, tops. Bibs do not exist. Bibs. Where's bibs? Where is bibs? I'm getting excited. I'm clicking on it. Oh, didn't work. Click. Oh, let's see. Your shop is open for business. Bibness time. Zero sales. <laughs> no favourites. Well, thank you. Okay, total views. Zero. Visits. Zero. Orders. Zero. Revenue. Zero. Do we hold out any hope of those numbers changing? Yeah. I'm a businesswoman. No, I'm a businesswoman, And I'm getting back to bibness on my banana. Hustle, hustle, hustle. There's no bibness like so bibness. There's no bibness I know. Oh, look at that. Why is that buckling? Oh, I need a 
Hang on, I need a sharper needle. Oh, I've accidentally sewn up the turning hole. All right. Oh, I've put the buttonhole on the wrong side. Gah, bob and jam. It's like my 20-year-old sewing machine is not up to the job. You know what? I've already downed nearly $300 into this project. What's a, what's a new sewing machine? I, I mean, like, if it's going to make me get, get this business on track, I'm just going to pop out and get a new sewing machine. Don't do it, Claire. What? Oh, hi, Emily. Sensible Emily, she packs her lunch. She never runs out of toilet paper. She's so sensible. You're already shedding money on this bib folly. Don't you call my folly a folly. Have you even worked out how many bibs it's going to take to cover your costs? Uh, not yet. And Claire, there are some really serious boss lady things that you've got to think about. Like, do you need an ABN? Are you keeping track of all your receipts for tax purposes? <laughs> and what about licences or permits or insurance? Like, for some home businesses, you need council approval. Oh, I didn't get into business for all of this business. Well, Claire, maybe you should go to this website that can help you with all of this. It's just business.gov.au. And they've got heaps of great tools, including a quiz that can tell you whether your side hustle is a hobby or a business. And it's got a step-by-step -step guide that covers everything you need to know. I'll put the link on our Pineapple Project webpage too and in the show notes. <sighs> You're so forceful. It's very attractive. Oh, Emily, I don't suppose you're in the market for a charmingly handmade bib postage included. Oh, they're so cute, but sorry, I haven't put it in the budget for this month. <sighs> Have you thought about just asking for more money from your main job? Oh, good idea. And would I ask you? Oh, she's gone. Sensible. How do I get paid more in the job I'm in? Nobody likes asking for more. You just feel greedy and then awkward asking for money. Like, I hate it. Lucky I've got a friend like Jamila Rizvi. She's the kind of girl you just know sat in the front row at school. You should have listened to her then and you should definitely listen to her now. We worry about being rude. We put money in that box with, you know, religion and politics, stuff polite people don't talk about. But work is a transaction. You are giving your labour in exchange for money and you're entitled to say, I think my labour is worth more money. She's all about women getting further in the workplace. Men are far more likely to negotiate on salary for their first job than women. Women are just tend to be grateful that they got given a job in the first place. There's this real sense of oh, I got lucky and, oh, I'm so lucky to be here. I can't believe they're, they're actually paying me to be here, that we don't pause to think, hey, maybe they could pay me a little bit more. <laughs> and I think a lot of women still feel grateful to be part of the workforce, grateful to be working at all, grateful to be given an opportunity. And because we're so grateful, we don't take that opportunity to push for better. What other mistakes have you seen? One really common one I've noticed amongst women in particular is that they'll often ask for a pay rise based on why they need the pay rise as opposed to why they deserve the pay rise. So you'll get someone come into your office as the boss and say, rent in Sydney is really expensive or um, I just got engaged and I'm saving for my wedding or uh, my little kids just, my second child's just started childcare and now the childcare bills are double. And these are all perfectly legitimate and very good reasons to need more money, but they're not particularly good reasons for your boss to 
give you more money. Mm. And I think making that distinction and forcing yourself to go in when you talk to the boss and when you're negotiating for a pay rise to say, this is why my work is worthy of more money. This is what has changed between when I set my, when we first set my pay and now. This is how much more experience I have. This is how my workload has changed. This is how my job has changed. This is how the market has changed. They are good reasons for getting a pay rise and they're good reasons for your boss to give you a pay rise. I reckon you just don't even go in the office. Just lean in the doorway and say, Peter, you'd be screwed if I left. <laughs> and do the, like, pistol sign with your fingers and leave. I love that. One of my would other pieces of advice, okay, though, right. would be that you should never, ever make a threat that you're not willing to follow through on. So this is what hostage negotiators say, right? right? <laughs> and it's okay, the same right. situation. Do not make a threat unless you are genuinely willing to follow through. So don't say, I'll leave unless unless you're really, 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 really willing to leave. Mm -hmm. And usually you aren't because you don't want to come back in the next day with your tail between your legs being like, okay, just kidding, happy to stay for the same pay. Right, just one extra biscuit per week, please. That'll (laughs) do. You've lost your authority. Yeah, right, okay, right. It's all very well and good to say ask for a pay rise, but is there something culturally that's happening that makes women less likely to receive a pay rise? Not necessarily that I found, other than more general questions around, you know, market tightness and the rest, you know, budgets and blah, 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 blah. Um, Women do certainly find it harder to ask, but the current climate, the more recent data is showing that actually bosses are more receptive to the idea of women asking for pay rises. Women do have a bit of a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation at work in that we're expected to behave in a certain way and when we do behave in that way we don't get more money and when we push against the norm people tend to not like us very much because we don't like successful women very much. But having said that, there's no research at the moment that shows that asking for a pay rise is going to hurt you. There is nothing wrong with asking. Okay. So, it's yeah, it's not an affront. Like like it's it's expected enough yeah, and I think we often worry about it, right? We worry about being rude. We put money in that box with, you know, religion and politics, stuff polite people don't talk about. But work is a transaction. You are giving your labour in exchange for money and you're entitled to say, I think my labour is worth more money. All right, take us through step by step. How do you ask for a pay rise? Tip one, timing is everything. Don't ask on a whim. Have you done that? Because I've done that. You're just at work one day and you have a particularly bad day and you're angry and you feel undervalued, so the next day you go in and ask for a pay rise. Oh, that's cute. I've asked at an office Christmas party and that was the wrong time also. Yeah. yeah. So timing and preparation, I think, is, is step number one. So don't just kind of think, oh, I'll just do this today because I feel like asking for more money today. Plan it out. Think about the best time for your boss. Think about when they're going to be most receptive. If you've got any understanding of your company's finances and whether they run on a bit of a cycle, you know, are there times in the month when the company's more cashed up and things are calmer? Don't ask a boss when, you know, it's end of financial year and they're panicking and we've made a loss. So think about your timing and make a bit of a plan. Tip two, keep track of your achievements. You know when you have a fight with your partner and you want to tell them all the things they've ever done wrong and they go, when? Name one time I did that. And you're like, I don't have one, but you do it all the time and I hate you. And you can't think of it in the moment. Work is the same. So track your achievements over time because when you go in to ask for a pay rise, you want to be able to say, and in August I achieved blah, 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 and in July I did this. And do you remember when you sent me that email in May saying that I was the best comedian in the history of the world of all time and I deserved all the money? Do you remember that? Here's that email. So keep track of your achievements. I'll send it. Thanks. No worries. 
So keep track over time so that you can refer back to the things you've achieved because it's really easy to forget. Tip three, think about your phrasing. Think about phrasing it in terms of what you deserve as opposed to what you need. Tip four, know what you're worth. That's a complicated question because often we don't know what we're worth and we don't know what's objectively right. But there are websites out there that you can Google, that you can find online by having a search around and see what the market rate is for your job. See what you should be getting at different level years progression. If you can't find that information, ask colleagues in uh, the same industry, but might work at another firm about what they get paid. Ask your male colleagues what they get paid. You will be shocked because the chances are they're getting paid more. Will they tell you? Some won't. Some will. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think we've got to become like oh more God. upfront about this stuff. I am so coy about asking other comedians what they got for the gig. Like I actively don't ask in case it'll embarrass them. I'm going to start like... Start asking. I mean, I'll open the conversation with, hey, I got blah, blah, blah for this. What did you get? Yeah, like it's awkward. I mean, like I know it's awkward, but also sell it as a feminist act to the men. Do me a solid and tell me what you got paid. Like, and we're going to have a moment of awkwardness when we realise you got paid a whole lot more than me, but I can't rectify that fact if I don't know that you got paid more. Lisa Wilkinson. I did a, I did a co-MC gig with a male comedian recently and I noticed that I was sent a limo to my house and he had to Uber there and I was very pleased and then it <laughs> occurred to me that it might have been taken out of my pay. So we really need to have that conversation. (laughs) We do. Tip five, focus on outcomes, not effort. So when you're chatting to your boss, often I find women will find it very difficult to claim achievements as their own and to talk, because talking about how good you are is really hard. It feels awkward and embarrassing. So instead we fall back on effort and we talk about how hard we worked and how much effort we put in, which is like, great, you should try hard at work. I'm all for that. But if you put in bucket loads of effort and the person next to you put in no effort but you've produced the same outcome, I don't really care how hard it was for you. I care that you did a good job. So focus on the outcome. Focus on what you achieved, not just how hard you worked. Told you she was good. Somebody tell Jamila's boss to give her double the wage. So what have we learned? One Business is hard. Those pineapples aren't just going to fall in your lap. Not even if you're sitting under a pineapple tree. (laughs) They do grow on a tree, don't they? Two, research is everything. Whether you're starting a side hustle or asking your boss for more, you're going to set yourself up for a much better chance of success. And three, there are other ways of earning extra money. Like it doesn't have to be complicated or glamorous, just... Think creatively and set your ego to one side. Oh, and four, everyone needs a bib. Absolutely everyone. Hashtag bibness time. Two for 30, postage included. Side hustle, 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 hustle. Okay, I can't be the only one hustling. So I've got a challenge. Do you think you could make an extra 50 bucks this week? And if the answer's no, answer again. You can. I want you to make another pineapple for your pile. Sell something. Sell yourself. Not like that. Ask for more. Sign up for one of those side jobs like market research, like babysitter friend's kid. Is there something on your street that you could be doing? Call me and tell me how you did it. The number is 07 Hey, Claire, it's Cal here. I've worked out how I'm going to earn my pineapple. What I'm going to do is I'm going to start a rival business to your business. And do you know what I'm going to call it? Taking Claire of business. Actually... Actually, that's probably what you should call yours. 
you know, I'm pretty good at this. Or email me at pineapple at abc.net.au. If you haven't subscribed to The Pineapple Project yet, you should do it. It really helps other people find the show. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or hear us now on the ABC Listen app. And if you think you know someone who would like the show, in brackets, needs our help, then tell them about it. Grab their phone and subscribe them. I'm Claire Hooper and I'm getting better at money. On the next episode of The Pineapple Project, love. Love! It's all brand at the beginning, isn't it? Hopes, plans, dreams, hair stroking. You don't want to worry about the details. If she gets paid, she's either at Kmart or she's online. He just doesn't understand. It's okay to dip in. Like, just relax. It's fine. Enjoy life. So what do you do if you and your partner have completely different ideas about money? It's not particularly romantic, but it's realistic, you know? No, it's not romantic. (laughs) It's a minefield. So how do you balance your money with your honey? Don't miss it, even if you're single. Time for the credits. The show was mixed by John Jacobs. Hello, would you like a water or a mint? Consulting producer is Emily Stewart. As a friend, how interested would you be in hiring a finance party planner? Very interested. Um, it's produced by Rachel Fountain. Oh, Monique, can I make a time to talk to you about my performance and remuneration, please? Let me check my diary. The show's executive producer is Monique Bowley. Hi. Kelly, can I make a time to talk to you about my performance and remuneration? Oh, my Lord. Sure. Let me check my diary. The head of ABC Audio Studios is Kelly Reardon. 